Welcome to the With a Dog podcast. We're your hosts. I'm Carly. And I'm Izzy. We find answers to all your dog questions so you can get the most out of life with a dog. I saw your photo referring to your frizzy hair. Yeah. Your frizzy quarantine hair. It's here to stay. So I worked out twice today because, you know, I didn't for the rest right of the week. On. Yeah. So I was like, let's just double it up today for absolutely no reason. Um, and <laughs> because I had Chipotle and was like, that was a lot. Chipotle I think was healthy. Chipotle was healthy. I made it very healthy, actually. It was a healthy bowl, but she served me a lot of food. Like, I don't Good. know if they're so just... So she should. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if they were like, oh, you know, What's let's just man? really treat... Yeah. Let's really treat, you know, our people, our quarantine people who are coming in here. Let's just really do them right. But that thing weighed a lot. Like she just... Like she did like the full spoon and then another half spoon of everything. Nice. And I was nice. like, oh my God. Okay. I hope you got guac with that. I did. I did yeah. get guac with that. Yeah. <laughs> It was delicious. But anyway, so I worked out like twice and I didn't wash my hair because I showered, but I didn't wash my hair because I didn't, I didn't want to. And one step further than I have today. So yeah, well, (laughs) and then I got out and it looks, it has that piratey look again that I was talking about before, like that Orlando bloom, like, like it's just oily on top and then curly and frizzy on the bottom. (laughs) I like it. I think it looks great. It's just like a slicked back curl on the bottom. Like I think it reminds like me of if I was like on a, a Kira Knightley. No, I think you're a Kira Knightley, but not in Pirates of the Caribbean. More of like a, what's one of the news Jane Austen films she's been in? Pride and Prejudice. I think sure. it's the only one. Yeah. Let's go in. with that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, my, it's my favorite movie. Don't worry about it. <laughs> oh, I'll I do that. It. Yeah, it's like that part where she comes in and what her name, Caroline Bingley, is like, oh, she looks positively medieval. She looks like she walked like six, her hem is six inches deep in mud. That was my hair. It's just yeah. like out for a workout and didn't shower. I still I think can't. it's a bit. Yeah. I think everyone's um, in that boat right now. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. We have quite a few new listeners lately. So just so everyone knows, I'm Carly. And Izzy, say your name. Oh, yeah, that's me. (laughs) Yep, that's my cue. Hi, I'm Izzy. I'm the Um, other one, the weird one. (laughs) Izzy's British, Carly's American. Together, we're perfect. (laughs) Yeah, so just so everyone knows who we are, and we just wanted to welcome all of our new listeners. Um, If you do want to learn more about us, then you can scroll back to episode one where we cover who we are, where we've worked in the animal welfare field, um, our dogs and everything like that. Yeah. So going back to episode one, if you're interested in learning more about us, this episode though, super awesome. It's all about anxiety in dogs. Yeah. This episode was actually chosen by, well, chosen and asked for by our Facebook community. Um, if you do want to join, it's called With a Dog Paparazzi. Um, it's a great place for people to ask questions, help each other out. Um, I usually use it to commiserate about Arthur and the hardships of being his pet parent. Um, and you can also post pictures of your dogs and really we want it to be a place where our members can just make it into whatever they want it to be. And we're just happy to be there and facilitate, um, everything. 
So if you have episode topics, if you have questions um, after episodes, feel free to join the group. Um, the link is going to be in the show notes after this show, or I guess during this show forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think the only reason I go to Facebook anymore is to read the posts in like all of the Facebook groups that I belong to, which probably means I'm in too many groups <laughs> if that's all I see on my feed anymore. Actually, uh, I love Facebook because all my family is on there. I can keep up to date with what they're doing. But I'm probably part of like 200 groups. Most of them I don't. Most of them they're like ones that I joined when I was like 16. So they're not very <laughs> active anymore. <laughs> like, I'll often scroll through and it's like lovers of wearing Fallout hats. Boy and yeah. red hot chili peppers. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So it's just like stupid stuff. Um, but I love Facebook. I love seeing what everyone's up to. Love getting the goss and old school friends and stuff. I mean, like, oh, well, she's prego. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I just enjoy Instagram more for whatever reason. Um, speaking of, if anyone isn't a Facebooker like me, then go ahead and follow us on Instagram. It's at with the dog podcast. Feel free to slide into our DMs on there and request an episode topic or recommend a guest uh, you'd like or you'd think that would be good. Um, Maybe we need like a TikTok or a Twitter or something, Izzy. Maybe we need to jump into this century. (laughs) Actually, I can't even imagine learning about one other app that I'm I'm already like over my head with Instagram, honestly. I mean, what the hell is a story? Why does it need access to my microphone? Well, I think that just told everyone, all of our listeners, who is in charge of what social media platform. (laughs) Speaking of episode topics that people have asked for, um, the one today is like freaking bomb. But also we have another one coming up next week with a veterinarian and it's all about dog nutrition. So we talk about... In a very scientific and fact-based way, we talk about raw food, allergies, high-protein supplements, treats. So yeah, we really cover it all. So that's just a teaser for next week. So he make also sure. has a very, very charming Irish accent that you'll all love. Yes. Loved it. Loved He's every cute. second of it. We'll tell you more, but yeah, you can listen to it next week. Yeah, so that's the teaser. (laughs) Not only is it a good info, but he's also just great to listen to. Um, You were going to say to look at as well. Yeah, I was. (laughs) (laughs) Which is true. (laughs) He is. Sean's Sean's cute, guys. Um, He knows it. It's fine. (laughs) So make sure you tune in for that episode next week because we are planning for that to be really cool. Um, But this week we have Amber Akar talking all about dog anxiety. Yeah. And she is a a certified animal trainer. She's a pet lifestyle expert, which I didn't know was a thing until this week. Um, But she has a great mission. It's um, to help pet parents basically just have the knowledge to become the best pet parents that they can be. Um, She does relationship-based training, um, which is really interesting to learn about. So you'll learn a little bit more about that in this episode. She's worked with uh, thousands of dogs. Um, She's rehabbed aggressive dogs, uh, trained service dogs for over 10 years. Um, So she's really got, she's a well-rounded professional in the industry. Um, And her dogs have been featured on so many things like Good Morning America, The Dodo, and Animal Planet, probably many more as well that I'm missing. Um, But yeah, she's pretty freaking awesome. Yeah. I followed her for a while now on Instagram. She has a 
great Instagram account. So definitely check that out. That'll be in the show notes as well. But yeah, so I followed her for a while now. Was really happy to have her on. She gives us a rundown on the different types of anxiety that is often seen in dogs, the symptoms or like behaviors of those different types, and then the next steps you should take if you feel like your dog maybe does have one of those types of anxieties. We did purposely keep the info a little bit more general because it's a really broad topic and we wanted to give more of an overview about anxiety as a whole. And then maybe down the road, if you guys want, we can dive a bit deeper. Also, just to note, there's a little bit of background noise on Amber's side. It was just her cat like playing with a a plastic ball like on like behind her basically and it was it was really cute so um it, it's only like a slight bit but otherwise the audio is really good i think so let's get stuck in let's do it okay so let's go ahead and get started if you could just uh introduce yourself to the listeners give us kind of a summary of your career your background tell us about all of your animals that you have yeah, sure. Um, my name is Amber Carr, and I've been a professional dog trainer for about 10 years now. And I actually started my career as an exotic animal handler and trainer, which is a really long story. Um, no, I don't know Tiger King, so don't ask me. <laughs> um, and I currently have two rescue dogs and two rescue cats. And one of them actually suffers from general anxiety, and the other one had suffered from separation anxiety. So um, this is a personal topic for me, but it's also something that I've worked with a lot of people. So um, training career, I've worked with dogs with aggression, I've worked with service dogs. I mean, total opposite you know, ends of the spectrum, but mm-hmm. kind of worked with it all. And I absolutely love it. So I'm excited to be here. That was good. That was so succinct. Um, yeah. So you said, um, what are your dog's names again? I have a dog named Tucker. He's probably almost nine years old and he's a border collie Aussie Brittany Mutt apparently has Pitbull in him too. I mean, who knows? Um, yeah, he's a handful. That's Tucker. Um, my other dog's name is Oakley, and he's whatever kind of dog you want him to be. He looks like every dog. <laughs> he's your classic classic brown dog, you know. Yeah. Um, and he's maybe like six years old, and I actually trained him to be my service dog, so it's he's been an awesome addition. And then I have two cats, Finnegan and River, which I adopted about the end of last year. Okay. I'm so excited. I Maybe at another episode or something, we can do like a cat episode because you posted this video on your Instagram, I don't know, a couple of weeks ago or something. And it was, I think it was, maybe it was River or Finnegan Finnegan is the striped one and River is the gray one. Okay. I think it was- I don't have to remember which one it was. It was River. I think it was River playing with Tucker and they were like wrestling. And I loved it. I was so excited (laughs) because I think our, we just got a dog. And I think he wants to play with a cat like that. Like, I think he wants to play. And the cat we have at the moment is not interested, (laughs) which is fine. You know, I'm not forcing them to or anything. But I think that's so cool that that all of your animals kind of interact like that. Yeah, they all get along. It took it took some time, but they all get along like great, which I'm very happy for. But it helps to be a trainer. So, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) they can live the lifestyle of (laughs) all that perks. Um, So you mentioned... Tucker and Oakley having two different types of anxiety. Can you kind of tell us like what is anxiety in dogs? And you mentioned two different, like two different forms, like what forms does it come in? Yeah. I mean, anxiety is such a general term and just like us people, animals can suffer from anxiety as well. And that can come out in different ways. So a lot of people hear of separation anxiety 
And separation anxiety is really common in dogs because dogs get so attached to us people that they don't like to be left alone. Um, but animals can also have separation anxiety from each other. So if you have two litter mates, like two puppies that grew up together and they've never been apart from each other, they can actually ex experience separation anxiety from each other as well. And that's only one type of anxiety. There's generalized anxiety, which is just like anxiety that comes out of nowhere and there's not really a reason for it. There's also things like environmental anxiety, and that could be your dog's afraid of going to the vet or afraid of going out of the house. Um, but then you can also have things like social anxiety. So some dogs get really anxious about being around people or being around other dogs, maybe. So mm -hmm. there's lots of different ways anxiety can kind of come out. And sometimes dogs who are reactive, which is either um, overreacting to things in their environment, such so as like barking at another dog or barking at a person walking by that can be a form of anxiety as well. So anxiety is a very big blanket term for a lot of feelings that our dogs can have. <laughs> and uh, when you're looking for symptoms of anxiety, does that come out the same in all different types? Like the same kind of like barking? I don't know any of those. So, <laughs> 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 you know, that's why I'm here. So that's totally fine. Um, it is really specific for the type of anxiety, which is probably one of the ways you'll determine what type of anxiety your dog has. So with separation anxiety, a lot of times dogs might show signs of crying or barking when you leave the house, but it could also be a sign of chewing something up or destroying the house. But most of the time, the ways you can tell anxiety is number one, looking at your dog's body language so that you can look out for specific signs, which I'll talk about in a second, that your dog is showing that they feel anxious. Or you can look for things uh, that are overreactions or unusual and unnormal reactions, such as a dog who usually eats the food, eats food all the time, but when they're in a specific environment or when you leave the house, they no longer eat food. So if you're seeing that your dog is not doing a normal behavior anymore, or they're doing a behavior that is not normal for them, such as pacing or whining or barking in a situation that it doesn't make sense, that can be a form of anxiety. But there's all different sorts of signs. I would say looking for body language. This could be panting, barking, whining, ears back, tail tucked, shaking. It, it can come out in lots of different ways. Okay. So can anxiety in dogs show up at any time then? Because I think a lot of people are like, oh, I got a rescue dog. I got him home. And turns out they have separation anxiety. But I think it's it's maybe not talked about as much. Like I can use a personal example of Lupin, who I've had for six years. He was a rescue. We got him when he was four. And just probably in the last year, I don't know like if it's actually anxiety, but he um, he will start kind of just waiting by the door for us whenever we leave. And he's never done that before. Usually he would just like get settled on the couch and be like, see ya. But if we're gone, just, just like out of the room, out of the house, whatever, for 20 minutes, we'll come back. And I'm like, the ground next to the the door is warm. Like he's obviously been sitting here waiting for us and he gets really excited when we come back, which usually he would not really get excited. He's just like, oh, you're back. <laughs> cool. And and so, so part of me is like, oh yeah, he loves us now. And then the other part of me was like, I wonder if this is a little bit of anxiety that we're, when we're leaving. So, so can it just come up anytime? It definitely can show up out of nowhere. Um, and we think it's out of nowhere, but a lot of times it's typically brought on by a change of routine, whether that be a change of location or maybe you staying home all the time when you usually leave the house more often. 
Um, and so most of the time when we think it just shows up out of nowhere, there is some sort of trigger that might have kind of started it. But there are a lot of breeds of dogs that are more prone to being anxious or suffering from anxiety, um, such as hunting dogs and herding dogs that are very, very used to and have been bred to work for people. So mm-hmm. you'll see a lot of times they cling on to people um, for everything and their confidence comes from people. And so that can make them anxious when they're not around their person. Um, but going back to what you said, it can come out of nowhere, but some breeds are more prone to it as well as some specific dogs like rescue dogs. If a dog has gone through trauma or has been abandoned in the past, it's very likely that that could show up again as anxiety later in their life. Okay. That's very interesting because once I left the house and Arthur chewed on the stairs and he's never <laughs> done that before. So that makes makes total sense because is that I mean, recent? He, is that recent that he did that? Um I mean semi recent. We've had mm-hmm. him for like two ish years and yeah, it happened like a few months ago. Yeah. And he yeah, he chewed up all the carpet. Oh no. Nasty little thing. <laughs> Had to- usually, usually I recommend people if, and this is something we'll get into later, I'm sure too. But if you're, if you're unsure, if your dog is exhibiting signs of anxiety and you're not around to see it, I usually recommend people get a webcam or have something set up so you can see mm-hmm. what they're doing when you're not there. Because I who would knows, love that. maybe he was pacing <laughs> for an hour before he started chewing. And if he was, yeah. that's very clearly a sign that he's very anxious. If he was just like bored and was like, one day I'm bored, I didn't get enough exercise, I'm going to chew this up. That might not be anxiety. That might just be a bored dog who's like, I yeah. feel like chewing up something today. <laughs> Which honestly, that also sounds like him. So yeah, yeah. I, had, I had a feeling, honestly, I had a feeling about <laughs> <laughs> and that'll yeah. actually show up sometimes like if it's only one time that your dog has done like they peed in the house once when you left that doesn't necessarily mean it's anxiety it could have been that their routine was off and they didn't get out when they needed to or they didn't get enough exercise that day so they chewed something up it doesn't always mean anxiety but if it's a reoccurring thing and you have suspicions and you're not around to see what's going on definitely set up maybe a webcam so you can look for those other yeah. signs, such as the pacing, the barking, the whining, um, looking for escaping and stuff like that. I would love it to actually get a, a camera because I do wonder all the time, what does he do when I'm not there? Because sometimes I'll come home and he'll be like just chilling on the couch, just like having a great time. And then other times I come home and I'm like, what on earth <laughs> has happened here? <laughs> and, routine is the same like we go for his little walks he has his little off leash time has a great time like everything is the same just one day is like i'm just gonna screw everything up oh this is this is why we need to get a bunch of listeners so we can get sponsors for like a video thing or something i mean it's dangerous though when i finally got like my little webcam set up i was on it all the time i would leave the house and just be on it the whole time watching them. and they're sitting there sleeping yeah but i'm still staring at it because i'm just obsessed with looking at it. yeah i definitely need one it's just so i can like put it on my desk at work and be like yep he's he's still there he's, he's still barking at that crow outside amber do you have one of the ones that are made specifically to watch your dog or is it more of like a baby monitor thing i have the one where you can like throw treats at them and it's really fun (gasps) yes however however, i found out my dog who was having some problems with separation anxiety found out that it was actually bad for him because he was reminded 
that I was gone. And so Aww. when I would throw treats or I would like talk through the camera, he would be upset and start looking for me. So there's pros and cons to mm-hmm. having something that throws <laughs> treats at your dog. Um, but it's, it's obviously you can get whatever works for you. And yeah, I like the idea of the, the ones that do a little command, you know, if they're doing something like Lupin is at a constant, he, ever since we got him, he likes to over groom. And so I'm always like, stop looking. And, and so, and he has allergies, so he's itchy and everything. And so I like the idea of me just, just like, Hey, mom's still watching. I'm not here but I'm still watching. Just stop <laughs> yeah. looking yourself. <laughs> it, it can be addicting. So be careful. Yeah. <laughs> you should be on there all day. Um, yeah, my friend has one. And I guess there's like a little click when you actually like log on, like something happens and the camera makes like the tiniest little noise that only dogs can hear. I'm not sure. But oh. as soon as she logs on, her dog's like asleep and the dog will turn around and look straight at the camera up. And be like, and just runs towards the camera and just stares at it for ages. Oh so she's God. like, I can't log on because it will be there for hours. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. That's hilarious. I do like the one I have because it was it was sending me notifications when my dogs were barking. And so that was helpful because oh, that's good. I was able to see like how often they were barking when I was gone. And turns out they were barking all the time. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably yeah, really good. You don't you, know until yeah. you see it. Yeah, because you always, you know, like, maybe you live in an apartment and your neighbor's like, your dog is barking all the time. And then you're like, my dog has never barked. What are you talking about? Right. Right. And that can be a sign of anxiety. If your dog barking Mm -hmm. the whole time you're gone and it's actually, it's going back to the whole wrapping, like bringing it back to anxiety. Mm -hmm. How can you know what they're, if, if they're having separation anxiety, for instance, how can you know what's happening if you can't see it? And so before I ever consult with anybody about separation anxiety they say oh I think my dog is having some separation anxiety signs get a webcam because there's no way we can actually know what's happening and that's going to be one of the first steps of us being able to work on teaching them to be okay when we leave the house but um and that's it's it's amazing to be able to watch what your dog does when you leave it's so much fun (laughs) so and so oh you get first okay (laughs) So if someone does do the webcam thing and they see some of the behaviors that you mentioned as far as pacing and some anxious behaviors, what are the next steps after that that you would recommend? So it depends on how severe the behavior is because if it's just a dog who whines for a few minutes and then lies down, um, you can do some things at home where you can start working on this with your own dog. However, if your dog is escaping out of crates, if they're barking the whole day, if they are eliminating in the house, if they're pacing consistently, um, that would be, I would skip trying to work on it at home. And I would directly consult a trainer that has experience with separation anxiety and also reach out to your vet. Um, because sometimes there might be other underlying issues going on. And I don't like to, um, neglect potential medical issues with a dog who's suffering from anxiety because that can be a cause for anxiety sometimes. Um, If your dog's not feeling very well, they might be more anxious about other things in their life. So we want to make sure they're healthy, they're clean, they're fine, and then we can work on taking the steps to work with them. Um, But if your dog's just showing some few signs at home, you can do a few things. The first thing is going to be desensitizing them to the triggers. So you have to figure out what is triggering my dog's anxiety. If it's separation anxiety, probably when you leave the house is something that triggers it. But what are all the other triggers leading up to it? Sometimes picking up your keys putting on your shoes, um, picking up a bag. A lot of times you'll see a little sign of anxiety as soon as you start doing those things. And that could be the dog jumps up Mm -hmm. and 
kind of runs to the door because they don't want you to leave. So the first suggestion I would have is desensitize them to those triggers. So pick up your keys when you're not leaving the house, walk around with them and put them back down and do that randomly throughout the day. So your dog starts seeing, okay, the keys are not that big of a deal. Like I'm not going to die when my mom picks up the keys. Um, and then you also want to counter condition how your dog feels. So counter condition just basically means make good things happen when something bad or you dislike is going on. So um, I typically have the dogs eat special uh, Kong toys filled with really high value treats. And you might have to start with you just closing a door between you and your dog. Maybe don't let them in the bathroom every single time you go <laughs> to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Um, just start practicing a little bit of separation from you while they have something great going on. You don't just want to like leave the house and let them get over it because if anyone has had anxiety before, <laughs> me, myself included, it's not something you just get over. You have to kind of slowly yeah. work through it. You can't just expect the dog to get over it. So we want to try to take little baby steps, make pleasant things happen when we are not right next to them. And you can also practice things like making a crate more pleasant for them, teaching them to stay on their place while you're doing something on the other side of the house. And if you're not seeing improvements while you're doing those things, definitely consult a trainer because you don't want to wait. If you wait, that's when things can get really bad and it can get dangerous. Sometimes dogs can hurt themselves if they are in a panic state of mind. And I've heard a lot about the um, like adaptal plugins and the sprays, and I think you can get it in like wipes as well. Um, do they work, or is it more kind of folk tale? Yeah, so I think with any of those products, it's like a fifty-fifty. Like I've had some clients that will try a thunder shirt, and they say it's a miracle. Other people try it and it did absolutely nothing for their dog. So it really depends on the dog and things like CBD. Like there's so many things out there that can help with anxiety. But again, I think Mm -hmm. it's really specific to the dog. And so you can try things out if you're thinking it's going to help your dog out. um, But don't think it's going to cure any issue. Those things are just to help along with training and conditioning your dog to have a better experience rather than being anxious. Um, I think that's the thing to really take away from it. Even if you're trying CBD, if you're trying a Thunder shirt, if you're trying Adaptil, it might help a little bit, take off the edge. But if you rely on that to cure your dog's anxiety, that's not going to happen. And um, you mentioned desensitizing them to their triggers. Um, If let's say you're at home now, you know, everyone's working from home you've got maybe another like two months left. Is there anything that people can start doing now that's just going to help alleviate that stress when they go back to work? Yeah, absolutely. So I think everyone, even if their dog hasn't shown signs of anxiety, everyone needs to start taking precautions to prevent separation anxiety in their dogs because every dog is likely to have some sort of anxiety when we all go back to our routines because they're used to having us around all the time. So that might mean taking a walk outside without your dog, which sounds crazy. (laughs) But if you're home all day with your dog and they never have you leave the house, they're going to start getting used to you being around and then experience some anxiety when you're not there. So Mm -hmm. go on a short little drive around the block, make it short and then slowly increase the amount of time that you're not home. And of course, make sure they have something to make it pleasant when you're not around, whether that be a food puzzle toy or something really exciting when you're not there. And that's for separation anxiety. We're really talking about that now because I think that's going to be the most 
a prevalent form of anxiety that every mm-hmm. dog is experiencing as we are all in this state of staying home and then eventually leaving. So, but like we touched on, there's loads of other types of anxiety that um, these things apply to as well. So for like the environmental anxiety, for instance, maybe they're really scared of going to the vet office or, or like fireworks, like 4th of July is coming up. Is there things to help with the environmental anxiety to help them get used to it? Absolutely. So going back to the desensitization and counter, sorry, <laughs> through <a> pen. <laughs> um, going back to the desensitizing and the counter conditioning that applies to every form of anxiety. So the first thing you have to realize is what are the triggers. So if your dog has environmental anxiety, you might realize that the triggers are cars, traffic sounds, um, or they might be fireworks or thunder. Mm-hmm. Um, so you can actually start desensitizing them and counter conditioning them by giving them special treats when you play sounds of fireworks on your TV. Um, and you want to start at a really, really low level and then slowly increase the sound as the dog gets more comfortable. We don't ever just want to just play really loud sounds and see if they get over <laughs> it. doesn't work like that. Mm-hmm. Sounds <laughs> um, more like a t- torture device. Yeah. I mean, I would hate that too, for sure. <laughs> um, but there's some great resources out there on YouTube, um, dog TV, things like that, that have desensitizing tracks you can play for your dog. And I'll do that a lot for my dogs because one of them does actually have a hard time with thunder and fireworks. I noticed Lupin will, he's afraid of thunder. Fireworks, he's, he's actually, he's gotten used to, I think. He, at first, when we first got him, like the first year, he was a little like, what is that? But, um, but definitely thunder. And there was thunder recently. And it was interesting how they, uh, both of them, both of the dogs self-soothed. So Lupin went into what is now his crate, which is under my desk, um, because we got rid of his crate because Albie is now in it, and um, <laughs> and he he hasn't really like used one for quite a few years, so he doesn't really he hasn't really seemed to to want it. But anyway, he he'll go into like a safe space, which is always under our desk. So if there's anything like a smoke alarm went off the other day, and he was like pacing, like what is happening? I was like, get in your crate, and so he just went in the, under the desk and he kind of like laid down and he was okay. And then Albie went into the bathroom and just like sat there <laughs> which he had never done like he just sat yeah and it's a tiny little bathroom so maybe he kind of thought it was like a safe area i don't know it was really interesting how they self-soothed basically for when that thunder was happening is there i mean do you recommend people to just go along with what their dog wants or do you want them to go into like a certain direction it's a, it's such a it depends <laughs> yeah And it really does depend because I will tell you that my dog Oakley, ever since we moved to Oklahoma, um, it's, it's a short term move. So we're not here long, which I'm glad for, um, the thunderstorms here are crazy. Yeah. I've never experienced one before. Like, oh my gosh, the entire house starts shaking and it goes on for like 10, 12 hours. And Mm -hmm. it scares me. (laughs) It's really (laughs) scary. Um, and so he started showing signs of being anxious when there were thunderstorms and it's only in our house. We can be out on a walk. And there's a thunderstorm and he's totally fine. Like he doesn't care. It's just in the house. Interesting. And so with him, he finds locking himself in the bathroom to be Mm self-soothing. But the issue with that is that he runs in the bathroom and like locks himself, closes the door in the bathroom. And then he starts (laughs) crying in the bathroom for it to come out. So (laughs) 
He's like, mom, I'm trapped in here. I'm like, what are you doing? You keep locking yourself in the bathroom. Like, <laughs> so in his mind, he thinks he's self-soothing, but he's actually mm-hmm. putting himself in more of an anxious state without realizing mm-hmm. it. So in that situation, I don't allow him to practice that behavior at all. And I'll try to send him to a crate or I'll put him in a downstay because when I give him a task to do, it helps him kind of get over whatever's going on around him. But with a dog who's choosing to go rest in their crate and, and kind of feel safe and they're not doing anything that's harming them, I think yeah. it's it's great to encourage that. Um, it just depends on what the dog is actually doing and if the self-soothing behavior is actually soothing them or if it's reinforcing the anxious state of mind. And I think you'll be able to tell that by, mm-hmm. again, looking at the dog's body language. Are they going in there and shaking? Are they going in there and, like, hiding their face or, or burying themselves? Or are they going in the crate and you see that their body language is showing that they're feeling relaxed, such as sleeping, lying down? Yeah. So on the topic of crate training and crates, is that something that – because I think it's – you hear, like, oh, yeah, I'm crate training for potty training reasons or something like that. But I think it's it's – not as common that people hear it for like helping anxiety. Is that a tool to use for a dog who has anxiety? Um, Absolutely. If your dog has never been in a crate before, I would not suggest putting them in a crate to help with their anxiety because (laughs) that's going to be scary for any dog. Um, And it is dependent on the dog. Of course, my dog Oakley loves being in a crate. Tucker does not at all. He does Mm. not like it. However, Oakley spent the first year and a half of his life living in kennels. He was like, passed around from home to home and in shelter and shelter. And so he lived in a kennel. So he finds it really comfortable to be in a kennel, whereas Tucker was never really crated. And so he doesn't enjoy that. So um, a crate can be a really useful tool. But if your dog's never been introduced to it before, don't just put it in, put them in there. Make sure you're taking the time to make it a fun and safe place. And it can be useful because it can be your dog's like favorite safe place to go. Yeah. And a lot of people will choose beds or cots to send their dogs to, which is fine, but it's not really like their own place because anybody can come up to them. I have cats. And so if my dog's on the bed, like a cat can just run across them or like <laughs> throw something at them. So I think it can be really helpful for the dog to have their own safe spot to go to where nobody bothers them. They get all of their fun, amazing treats in there. And it's just like a little safe haven. So in that sense, crates are great. And that's the only way crates should be used. I'm not a fan as, of crates as punishment. Um, mm-hmm. It should really just be a safe place for your dog to hang out, feel confident and safe in. It's like their little bedroom. Yeah. If someone didn't give me a bedroom in the right? house, I would you, be can you unhappy. Imagine not having your own space. Like, oh, that's like this quarantine. Oh my gosh. I need to, <laughs> <laughs> I need to like go be alone sometimes. Yes. You know? Oh, and I bet. It, With the like, four animals too. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's funny. But yeah, in that sense, crates can be awesome because they can give your dog that time where it's like, okay, just leave me alone. Especially if you have a multi-pet household, you might want to have a place where your animals can have alone time. And I think that's true as well. If you've got family coming over and they've got kids or if there is like a newborn, yeah, (laughs) Yeah. they can just be like, going to my bedroom, right. not going to deal with I this. Mean, I don't have kids, but I have a nephew. And when they come over, he knows that like when the dog's on their bed or when the dog's in their crate, you don't go up to them. Like that's where they get left alone. And that can be really helpful if you have lots of people in your house or you have kids. Um, and that can be a great way for your dog to not feel so anxious all the time because they have that spot where they can just like 
take a breather and chill. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think is there, I think some dogs will go in there and hide, but then it's hard to get them out of their crate. And it's almost like they go in and I'm not sure if they're like all of a sudden get scared that they're in there and can't move. Or if they're like, I really don't trust what's outside anymore because of either if it's like a thunderstorm or a firework, how do you get them to come back out and reassure them that everything's okay? Do you just have to leave them or? Um, it depends. <laughs> I'm so sorry that's the answer. Oh, no, no. Um, but it is so okay. true because it's like, if there's a thunderstorm and my dog is finding the crate to be the place where they feel safest and they are not shaking, they're just the calmest when they're in the crate, I will probably just leave them in there. Um, I'm not going to like beg them to come out when they're finally feeling relaxed in their crate. Um, mm-hmm. But it also might, so in the situation where maybe there's a bunch of kids over and the dog goes in the crate and does not want to come out, um, I'm probably not going to force that dog to come out either because that might be their way of saying, I need some time, like this is overwhelming for me. However, if the dog is going in there and practicing like panic behaviors, panting and freaking out, and the crate is not calming them down, um, I would... First, probably try a treat lure, which would be showing them a piece of food and maybe tossing it on the floor. And then when they come out, making lots of fun for them. So with toys, treats, whatever. And this depends on the dog because some dogs really find um, praise and play reinforcing, but other dogs might be intimidated by it. So it's not an answer for every single dog out there. Um, But the second thing I would potentially try if the dog is in like this panicked state inside of the crate is I'd probably bring out their leash, put the leash on them just make them come out. Um, and then removing the crate as an option for escape because we don't want them practicing that escape behavior. That could be another sign of anxiety. If your dog is constantly looking for an escape, that mm-hmm. can be a sign of your dog in a very extreme anxious state of mind. So if your dog, anybody who's listening, your dog's ever in a place where they are in that like fight or flight mindset, please call me, like call your vet. That is <laughs> That is a severe sign of something being wrong, and we never want them to be in that state of mind. That was Lupin for the first six months that we had him. It was like, he's fine now. He's He's gotten used to it, but he just, he hadn't been socialized with humans before. So he was just constantly like, right. crate, corner of the room, like, I'm going to just hide under anything possible, which is hard for an 85-pound dog, and, <laughs> and just constantly, but... But yeah, we like worked through it and and it was okay and we got a lot of help. But um, so last question, any last, you know, personal tips, advice, recommendations that you can give to pet parents dealing with this? I know you already covered a bunch of th- stuff. So just if there's any, any last words like on the anxiety topic. Um, I think the best advice I could have is to take a breath if your dog is having anxiety and to remember that especially dogs that are reactive. If you're outside and they bark at people or they bark at dogs or something like that, that is your dog having a hard time. They are not trying to give you a hard time. They are having a hard time. And so having a dog with anxiety can be really stressful and it could be a lot of like strain on you emotionally, physically, mentally, especially if you have a dog who's being destructive in your house, who's having reactivity issues, who's barking all day when you're gone and you're getting complaints from the neighbor. So every single time you start finding yourself get frustrated, just take a breath and tell yourself, my dog is not giving me a hard time. They're having a hard time. And keeping that mindset is going to help you approach it in a better way 
where you can help your dog rather than get frustrated, which I've been there. (laughs) I'm a dog trainer and I believe me, I get frustrated with my dogs when my dog locks himself in the bathroom and then starts crying to come out. It's very frustrating. I'm like, stop <laughs> doing it. What are you, what's wrong with you? <laughs> um, but it's, it's just important to give yourself that clear mindset of they're not giving me a hard time. They're having, me, they're having a hard time. That's a great quote. I love it that. It is. That that's going to be, be the quote. That's the, the quote. Yeah. That's the quote yeah. for the social media the post. Quote. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> we have it. <laughs> um, I like it. Well, this has been so helpful, Amber. I think we, even though it's a really large topic, I think we really covered a lot of really useful information for people. So um, if people want to work with you or learn more about you, where can they find you? So it's just my name, which it's pronounced a car, but if you spell it like a quart of milk, it's A-Q-U-A-R-T. Um, if you look up Amber a car on any platform, I think, I think I'm on every platform, (laughs) like Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, you can Google me, I should come up. There's not a lot of uh, cars out there. So, Um, but yeah, and I do offer online consults if anybody is having a little concern with their dog or needs some help. Um, That would be a great starting place to kind of know where to take off. And um, just remember that anxiety is a long term thing. It's not a quick fix. You can't fix it with just a product or, you know, a trainer is not going to come and fix an anxiety. Any trainer who tells you, all right, I'll get this done for you quickly. That's a trainer to run away from. <laughs> mm, interesting. So uh, yeah. yeah, anxiety is something that is usually deep rooted. And so make sure that you take it seriously and breathe. You'll be okay. Perfect. Well, thank you again for today. This has been very enlightening. So I'm yes. excited Thanks for having that. me. I know yeah. it's a heavy topic, but this was a lot of fun. <laughs> no, it, it is. Great. Honestly, I personally connected with so many of the scenarios that we spoke about. And I'm like, oh God. Yeah. Now I'm in. I feel <laughs> well, like I need to apologize to my dog. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Dogs, dogs fit forgive easily. No worries. <laughs> That's true. That's true. All right. Well, thank you so much, Amber. Yeah, it's been so much fun. Guys. All right. Bye, take care. You. Bye. Bye. All content on With A Dog Podcast is for informational purposes only and should not replace professional advice, treatment or diagnosis by a certified veterinarian, trainer or behaviorist.